0: whosoever is delighted in solitude is either a wild beast or a god aristotle
1: Welcome to the second episode of our companion podcast to the History Channel's epic solo adventure show, Alone. I'm Doc, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jukebox. Each week, we're going to take a deep dive into the latest episode of Alone. We are a bit late this week because Jukebox and I spent some of last week hiking the Trans Catalina Trail on Santa Catalina Island off the coast of Southern California. What'd you think of that trip, Jukebox? Jukebox.
0: Uh, Well, unlike our companions out on a loan in the surrounding area of the Great Slave Lake, there were no musk ox, but we did see some infamous Catalina bison. I believe four to be exact.
1: Yeah, one got pretty close to us.
0: Yeah, I was in camp that morning. You were about 10 yards away. I was getting nervous that it was going to make a charge for you.
1: I was, I was sure to keep a tree between me and the bison at all times. I understand that they can't uh, navigate tight corners, so I, I felt I was going to be pretty safe uh, kind of moving around the tree if it came after me. But I was not antagonizing it. I was not harassing it. I was merely standing there.
0: <laughs> at least in his eyes. I don't know what the bison thought, but...
1: I don't, want any, I don't want any nasty complaint emails saying, oh my goodness, how can you torture a bison? It was nothing like that.
0: No, it wasn't. He was, uh, he was just moseying through our campsite.
1: Yep. All right. Before we get to this week's episode, we have changed the format of the show a little bit. We're feeling our way here and we're looking for the best content for you. So this week we'll have less summary and more analysis of what's happening on the show. Sound good?
0: Sounds good. I figured our listeners will probably enjoy this more since they've probably already seen the episode in depth and are maybe looking for a little more commentary than summary. So this should be good. I'm excited.
1: Okay, let's get down to season seven, episode three of Alone, titled "That Was No Bunny." Now, in this episode, we get in—we do get introduced to the last two contestants for the season, Joel Vanderloon and Keith Sires. And we catch up with the four contestants we have seen previously. And spoiler alert, there are no tap outs this week. Now, I do have to give you some introduction on uh, the two new characters. Joel is 34 years old and from Sisters, Oregon, although he is originally from South Africa, as we learned from his Swahili lesson at the beginning of the episode. Keith is 45 years old and from Sturgis, Kentucky. I'm going to start off with some analysis right out of the gate here, Jukebox. Take a listen and see if you agree or disagree with me on this. This is episode three, and we are just meeting these guys for the first time, and I think these guys are serious contestants. I mean, we don't even see anything on these guys for the first eight days. I think they were left out of the first two episodes because they are going to be on the show until the end. Joel grew up off the grid and learned the skills of Maasai warriors in South Africa, and he currently runs a survival school and Keith in his own words grew up feral living outside for 30 plus years. So I'm thinking these guys have some skills and they're going to be going the distance. Do you agree or disagree with that?
0: I definitely agree uh, and my power rankings will ref- will reflect that sentiment as well. I think you know Keith and Joel have made major strides in just the short amount of time we've been with them. They kind of their demeanor's a little bit different. They know what they're doing. They're eager. They're excited. Not a lot of of fear permeating from, uh, from their residence on the, uh, in the Arctic there.
1: Yeah, definitely pretty confident, pretty confident. Now to help our our listeners keep track of all these guys that we're talking about, guys and gals, I thought it'd be helpful. I'm going to spring this on you right now. I didn't even tell you about this. I think it'd be helpful if we gave them nicknames. That, that coincide with maybe oh, some wow. of the events or maybe where they're from, just so that it's it's easily recognizable and someone's not struggling. Well who who is who's Joe? Which which one is that? So I was thinking about maybe doing some nicknames. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in.
1: Okay. So I'm gonna go in the order of of uh the contestants and in, in the way that they were introduced on this particular episode. So we saw Joel first. What would be a good nickname for Joel? He's from South Africa speaking Swahili.
0: Oh, wow. I don't know. I was going to give them nicknames based off what they've been doing in the show so far. I, did, yep. I wasn't taking into account origin story.
1: Well, he, he, he spent a lot of time talking about uh, Hakuna Matata. Remember that?
0: Yeah. What do we call him? Simba?
1: I was thinking Timon since you know Timon and Pumbaa, they're the ones that talked about Hakuna Matata. I think it was Timon that actually sung that song.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like Timon.
1: Okay, Joel, a.k.a. Timon. That's how, that's how we'll refer to him from now on. All right. Okay, how about, how about Keelan?
0: Oh, Keelan, I don't know. She, you know what? It might be funny, and uh, I, it, it goes back to my, uh, our new format and the sentence I wrote down for Keelan. Uh, how about Nemo? Nemo. She seems to be struggling with the, in the fish department, and I think she's trying to find Nemo.
1: Okay. Finding Nemo.
0: Yeah, but I mean, we could have said, I, I felt like we're just giving her a name, right? Nemo.
1: Nemo. Okay. Keelan, aka Nemo. Got it. All right. Keith. Keith, now this might be a, a, a reference you don't get, but when he was showing off, this is the new contestant, when he was showing off his long hair. Right. And he, he referred to uh, you know a horror comedy show or a horror TV show from the, from the 50s. He yeah. was referring to the Adams family, and he looked like cousin it.
0: Okay, so cousin, cousin it.
1: it.: Keith, aka cousin it.: Okay. Okay. How about
0: Amos? Ooh, I don't know for Amos. <sighs> Let's think. What, what's distinguishing about him? He was a uh, he's been in the civil war before, right? Right?. Um, He's scared of the predators. Not scared, but he's extremely aware of them at night.
1: You know, he was doing some yoga this episode.
0: Oh, yoga. Okay.
1: Yoga master. So, the
0: yogi. I don't know what do they call the yoga master. Like, there's definitely a name for the person leading the class.
1: Here, keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick search what? here. I'm gonna do a definition of a yogi and see what what that turns up here. He was doing. Yogini. a yogi is a practitioner of yoga
0: oh okay yogi
1: all right yogi all right so Amos is yogi aka yogi, yogi. yogi. okay all right Joe 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 killed the uh, didn't he kill the squirrel with a rock first episode
0: yes so we thinking in a picture reference here uh, could be famous Joes with a, name, with a, who are pitchers or hmm, baseball reference. Uh, what else is, what is, what else has he done? That's noteworthy. He's,
1: he's pretty good. With, he's, he's pretty good with a hatchet.
0: Oh, that's true. So what are, what are we going to call him? Uh, Paul Bunyan? We could call him Gary Paulson. (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't know who that is.
0: He wrote Hatchet, the book.
1: Oh, oh.
0: That's not really a nickname, though.
1: Well, maybe maybe we just stick with Joe.
0: Yeah. No Bo Joe. No Bo Joe.
1: Oh, like it. No Bo Joe. He is the one contestant this year without a bow. Very good. AKA no bow, not northbound, not northbound, but no bow B O W.
0: Right. Right.
1: Okay. And Uh, Roland, Roland, you got to have a good nickname for Roland. He is, he is the guy of the rock house,
0: right? He is constructor of rock house, um, king of the fire reed. uh,
1: I don't know. You kind of caught me off
0: guard with these nicknames. I got to be Johnny on the spot here.
1: Yeah, good thing you're clever.
0: For some reason, Roland just—I don't know if it's creating the rock house or what—but he reminds me of that one of the Fantastic Four members. You know the what is it called? The Thing. The Thing. Is you am can't... I wrong? No, he. No? You know,
1: the Thing is kind of brute force, right? I mean, he Roland. Roland is really a lot about uh, brute force. I'm okay with the Thing.
0: The Thing, right? The The Thing thing is a fictional superhero appearing in American comic books. Yeah. The character is a founding member of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. All right. I wasn't wrong there. I was picturing that right.
1: Okay. So we have our nicknames. Just to summarize, we have Joel, a.k.a. Timon. Keelan, a.k.a. Nemo. Keith, a.k.a. Cousin It. Amos, a.k.a. The Yogi. Joe, a.k.a. Nobo. And Roland, a.k.a. The Thing. All right, I so we're going to go easy. We're going to go light on the summary this episode. So what we've done is we have, we have each crafted a single sentence about each contestant that kind of depicts their, uh, their antics on this week's episode. So we're going to share these one at a time. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first with Joel, a.k.a. Tamo? Uh
0: You can go first.
1: Okay, so here's my sentence about Joel. Joel makes a friend with Jakku, the musk ox skull, and he takes a tumbling, building a food platform. That's pretty much, that sums it up.
0: Yeah, I, I went similar with the uh, one sentence summary, except I kept it pretty abrupt. Okay. Uh, for, for Timon, I have on his way to castaway. Uh, the musk ox uh, reminds me of Tom Hanks' Wilson out on the island, so... I feel like Joel's on his way to being uh, what's his name Chuck Nolan. I feel like uh, I feel like Timon's on his way there. He's on his way to being cast away.
1: That is an excellent summary and analysis. It, how long? How long before Tom Hanks uh, was talking to Wilson the, the volleyball?
0: I don't know the approximate number of days, In but months. I months. Months. I Joel Timon definitely beat him there.
1: Yeah, I think we don't. I think we joined Joel on day eight, so he he, you know, just over a weekend, he's talking to a mus, muskox musk ox skull. It was uh, it was an interesting scene. Yeah, full on conversation. The camera pointed at his face, and then the camera pointed at at Jakku.
0: It was pretty entertaining and uh, something relatable about it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I just felt like I would have done something similar in that in that situation.
1: Yeah, Jakku. Jaku was speaking with a South African uh, slang, talking back.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the, they really had to put the closed captions in there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and what did you think of um, his his spill building the, the food cache?
0: You know, it looked bad from the sneak peek from last week, um, but it really didn't end up being all that troubling for him. I mean, he didn't have any injuries. I think he learned maybe to push the tree over next time before just letting it come down. But it also, I can't tell, obviously it's easy for me to play Monday morning quarterback here, but I feel like it's pretty common sense to direct which way the tree's falling before it comes down. No.
1: Yeah, here, here's my comment. He, he's up on a ladder, right? A homemade ladder. He's probably a good 10 feet off the ground. And he's using a hatchet. He's using his axe to try and cut down the, the cut the top off of this tree, and you know it falls on him, basically knocks him off the ladder, and he, he takes a spill. And then on trees number two and three, when he's doing the same thing, he whips out a bow saw and starts sawing. Why didn't he yeah. use the bow saw from the beginning? Holy cow, he's got a bow saw.
0: Yeah, honestly, I don't know what it, I don't know how that happened. Like why it the if you look at the way the log fell too, it's like he like hatcheted straight through it on that last hub. And then it just fell straight down. Like right. he didn't, I feel like he would have had the opportunity to kind of direct it there. I also feel like uh, if you're an amateur, amateur logger, like you, one of your major main major concerns would be to direct the tree away from you while you chop it down.
1: Right. If you can stand on a ladder and, and, and swing a little hatchet with, uh, with one, one arm um, and go all the way through the tree, I mean, there wasn't much left there. He should, should have just pushed it over, right?
0: Yeah, it looks like he did that with the other one, too. Yeah. Like the one, the second one.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're right. It's easy to play Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback, but yeah. uh, that's what we're here for. We're, we are, we are second-guessing the contestants. All right.
0: Keelan, Nemo. You or me, go ahead. So I, I'm afraid to mispronounce this, but for Nemo, I kept it short again. Carpe Pisces, seize the fish. Nice. That, the that's fish. pretty
1: That's pretty short. Two words?
0: Yep, two words. Seize the fish. I think, you know, Keelan is really struggling out there in the fishing department, and She's. I feel like she's really gonna seize that fish once she gets a hold of one.
1: Yeah, I put uh, Keelan can't cast, and she misses out on a moose.
0: Yeah, that was a big, big time mistake. Although we've seen, just because you get a moose in previous seasons, does not mean it's a lock to win the to win the whole shebang. You know, True. you need to diversify the uh, types of meals you're intaking.
1: True. She yeah. was really struggling out there trying to catch that fish. I felt really bad for her because she's got her camera going and she's out on that, uh, that rock and she is trying to cast. She's just, you know, like swinging, swinging the, uh, the fish line and then letting it fly. And she, and the first time it, it like falls at her feet or just, you know, it doesn't go very far. And she's like, Oh, it caught on this little, this little nub on the, on the, the spool. And so then she, cast three or four more times with not much better results. It, it was just uh, pretty, uh, pretty pathetic in terms of being able to cast.
0: Yeah. I wonder how, and I might need to do some research on this, but I'm wondering how much the producers of the show allow these contestants to bring in regards to fishing, like how, like what type of fishing supplies could you bring? Because I feel like that's a main, you know, that's a main way of getting food on this show and like they have to keep it limited. You know, you can't bring a fishing rod. Like that can't be an item.
1: Right. But I think, I think, you know, you, we've seen gill nets. I think we've seen hooks. Uh, I think Keith brought hooks. Keith brought fish line because he set up the bank lines. Remember? So I, yeah. think, I think those are all very, uh, um, options that they can bring and i mean you were you're on catalina this this past weekend you caught a fish
0: i did a little uh i don't really even know the name of it a uh, little kelp something that's yeah. that's at least what uh big biz was saying to us uh that's what he called it kelp a kelp fish a type of kelp fish it was close to the rocks but i mean i had fishing line in a in a barbed hook so but I feel like that'd be one of the more reliable sources of food. I feel like if I were to pick items to go on the show, they would, I would definitely try and set myself up for fishing success.
1: Agreed. I and mean, that's, a, that's a steady source of food until the lake freezes over.
0: True. Well, then you take a master class on ice fishing.
1: I guess. I guess. How about that moose? I mean, she, she left camp without her bow. She's one of the nine, nine of the, nine of the 10, right? She's one of the nine that brings her bow, but she leaves it in camp when she goes after this fishing spot about a mile away and she's struggling at fishing. And lo and behold, this moose is less than 20 yards away.
0: And her female moose call worked as well. It worked for a little bit. The moose started to turn around in the water.
1: I thought that was impressive.
0: Yeah, but I didn't know what she was going to do with it. Once it got back,
1: (laughs) be careful what you call for. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that would have been an unpleasant encounter.
1: So, I mean, yeah, on the spur of a moment, um, could you imitate a female moose?
0: No, I, I couldn't even begin. I can't. I'll, I'll get the police called on me.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, Keith, cousin it. So I, I, I couldn't even come up with a sentence. I just have, I have a, a short list and my list okay. is a squirrel earrings and fist jerky.
0: Those are good. My sentence for Keith is fake it till you make it because Keith is big on optimism and energy and bringing, uh, bringing forth that hope every day that, you know, it's an attitude game. And if I stay, have, stay with a positive attitude, the good things are going to happen. So that was kind of my tagline for Keith this episode.
1: Fake it till you make it. You think he's, he's faking it? He's got to fake it? No.
0: I don't think so, but I mean he's not the winner yet, so he's got a fake like he's the winner until he is the winner. So okay. long game.
1: Yep. All right. Amos,
0: the Yogi. Yogi. I put something evil's lurking in the dark from uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's a song lyric. Because Yogi seems to be as as all our contestants are, but Yogi seems to be the most hyper aware of the predators in his surrounding area. You know, they, they were really, the, the show was really keen on showing us him at night in his shelter, <laughs> worrying about the predators out there.
1: Seems to be a common theme. And the fact that you pulled a, a, a lyric from a song and your name is Jukebox, that's very appropriate.
0: That's it's just what I do.
1: hmm I put down, Amos is a fish merchant, but he has a predator stalking his camp.
0: Yeah, he caught a big fish.
1: He caught a big fish and he goes, he said, this is a, a little sturgeon. This is a little guy. And then he said, compared to the other two that he caught, I mean, he's, he's raking in the fish. I think you said he had caught 11 fish so far.
0: Yeah. Almost. See, now I'm thrown off because I have Yogi it in my power rankings. The top five are like pretty well, solid. Hey, right?
1: hey, we're not, we're not to all the right. power rankings yet. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. All right. All
1: right. All right. You, you can wax eloquently get to that point.
0: Okay.
1: Um All right. also, you- did you see did you see the uh the after show with Colby Donaldson?
0: I watched bits and pieces of it.
1: So also what impresses me about Amos is that he found a way to you, they, they showed it during the show where him him hoisting his fish up into a tree. His stash oh, yeah. yeah and he
0: do put it know, in his underwear. He
1: put it in his underwear. That is wild. He had a brand new pair of underwear that he hadn't used before and he, he tied it tied up some of the some of the openings and put the fish in there and hoisted it up. So
0: he might have another nickname. His nickname should be Haynes. <laughs> not Yogi.
1: <laughs> okay. He is, he is re-nicknamed right now. Haynes. I like it. Yes. All right. Let's go to uh, Joe Nobo.
0: Nobo Joe.
1: Nobo Joe. Um,
0: okay. You go first or me? I'll
1: go first this time.
0: All right. All right.
1: I say that uh, Nobo Joe is pretty good with a hatchet, but his squirrel skills are slipping away.
0: Yeah, I I put for our friend. I wish I would have brought a bow or at least a better squirrel hook.
1: Nice, nice. That squirrel,
0: that that squirrel really did outwit him.
1: It did. It did. He 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 had that squirrel trapped, and he was. Uh, he just lost focus for a second and didn't plug that hole up again with that rock when he went to go look for, for some other way to, to get the squirrel out and the squirrel bolted, gone.
0: You know what? It was really one of my favorite parts of the episode because I feel like you had two extremely opportunistic creatures battling each other there. Joe is desperate for food and he's thinking, oh, easy pickings. I got a squirrel down in this hole and this squirrel's thinking, Holy smokes, I'm gonna die unless I I get out of here. And as soon as Joe takes his eye off the squirrel and takes a step back, that thing is gone.
1: Lightning. Yep. And so Joe, who was in, you know, first episode and and threw a rock at a squirrel in a tree and, and took him down, that's that's pretty impressive. Now he he lets he lets a, a gift meal just slip away through his fingers.
0: Yeah, Joe also looks visibly skinnier. He that will happen. Good. That
1: will happen when you don't eat for, for a while.
0: But, but even more so than the other, other members on the show, I mean, I feel like Joe has not been eating a lot.
1: Yeah. He has not. But what did you think of his hatchet skills?
0: It was very impressive. What, what are they called? Dovetails? Is yeah, that the – He's notching logs, work? putting
1: dovetails in, dovetail joints. But, you know, for all that work – that he was doing, they showed his shelter kind of at the end of the show after the squirrel got away, and uh, there's not a lot of progress. I mean, he's got uh, he's got a, a couple of layers on the ground and a couple of a frames up, but not a whole lot of progress on the shelter. No,
0: it's it's uh, certainly no rock house.
1: No, but I was I was also struck by how both Joe and Keith, uh, cousin It, Nobo Joe and cousin It Keith, um, were talking about they need to focus the importance of focusing on a project at hand and just losing themselves in the project. Uh, so, you know, cousin it making the earrings, uh, Joe and and his, his making of the the notches and the dovetail joints, uh, just passing the time so focused and wrapped up in their work that they forget that they're alone and they're not, they're not dealing with that solitude while they're they're
0: that focused. Yeah, I understand Keith, but I feel like Joe has a, I feel like Joe could lose himself in some maybe productive things, other like like he needs to get that shelter accomplished. I feel like Keith is already kind of set up to lose himself maybe in some projects um, also, but Keith would also surprise me with Keith not to take any attention away from Joe, but similar approach as far as knowledge based he's kind of Keith is thinking I'm gonna stick with what works here, um, and I feel like he's really he's learning from the land and kind of finding where he fits into that situation.
1: Yeah. Can you give me an example?
0: Yeah. Well, he, there's a quote from him. He says, um, he says, you just kind of got to take what the land's going to give you. Um, and he's actively and passively fishing, you know, he's setting up those
1: That's right.
0: bank lines constantly, you know, they seem to be working for him. Multiple bank lines.
1: Yeah. He's catching food without expending energy, which is, which is key.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like Keith is kind of in a position where he's just walking around just kind of like checking on all his projects and he's kind of got a shelter, you know.
1: Mhm. It seemed like his shelter went up pretty pretty quick. It was like kind of an A-frame, low to the ground A-frame with a tarp and some some bows and it, it you know, it's certainly not as uh sturdy or as impressive as maybe some of the other shelters out there, but he got it up quick.
0: Yeah, I feel like the other creatures on in the surrounding area know that uh know that Keith is there. I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it.
1: Yep. All right, let's go to Roland. The thing.
0: The thing. I believe it's my turn, right?
1: Your turn. Yep.
0: Earth, wind, and fireweed root. That's what I have for Keith or for Roland for the thing. Say it again, one more time. Earth. Earth, wind, and fireweed root. Okay, I get the fireweed root. What's with the earth and the wind? Earth, wind, and fire.
1: Well, I understand that. I, I thought maybe there was some kind of reference to what happened in the episode with earth and wind.
0: Nope. Just fireweed roots. Cause okay. that really, that really surprised me. I did not expect that from, from Roland. It felt, but he's also the guy that was eating ants on day one. So
1: true. True. So just a, a musical reference again from jukebox. Yes. Earth, wind and fireweed root. Very good. Yeah. I, I put uh, for, for Roland, I put squirrels are finger looking good finishes the rock house and adds a root cellar
0: yeah finally the rock house is done and i'm kind of upset with the show they couldn't give us some better angles of that thing i want kind of Roland. you got i i want a an mtv welcome to my crib view of that house you know i want to see all the features from the inside and the out like i want to see him jump up and down on the roof he was bragging about it it looks like a very sturdy structure
1: yeah he roland roland is a bit crazy I'm going to go out there right now. I'm going to say he he is a bit uh, around the bend. You see him? He had that squirrel, and he was he had, he holding the dead squirrel in his hand. And he's talking to the, the camera, and all the while he is, you know, sticking his fingers into the squirrel's mouth and, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, wiping the blood off of the squirrel and then and then licking his fingers, licking the squirrel blood off his fingers. That's That was just plain weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, or – wait – are we transitioning into moments you might've missed? Cause I feel like, I feel like you're kind of discussing that right now. No,
1: no, not, not quite yet. No, not quite okay. yet. That, that, that might be one of your moments. Yeah. That was, okay. that was just, that was bizarre. And then he spent, uh, with the root seller you know, he has this little nice little add on to his, his rock house where he's left a gap in the, in the ground just outside, covered up with some, some rocks loosely. And, uh, he, he is acquiring, fireweed root which i guess is a source of of nutrition and he he's he says that he's he's ready to go the the distance just eating fireweed the rest of the way
0: yeah he said if it comes down to it i'll just dig up a hundred pounds of fireweed root so
1: i think that also gives us a little insight into into his state of mind
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know. I think, I think the thing may be thinking worst case scenario. And I think that's natural when you're in a situation of survival like that. So he's thinking if I got to go hundred days, eating fireweed root, I will.
1: He is determined. He is, he is single-minded. Uh, he, he, he could, he could do it. I don't know.
0: So let's, let's play just spur of the moment. Since we did the nickname spur of the moment, I got a, a hypothetical question for you spur of the moment here. Okay. So, the first part of the question is, do you think that if all the members of the show were able to see one another, as in they were seeing the videos of each other and how each other are doing, do you think that would affect who wins? Yes. Yes? And who do you think and would people be intimidated by Roland?
1: I think there. I. I that was just the word I was going to use. I think seeing videos of the other players, there is some kind of intimidation factor there. There is. There is a an internal um, tendency for for yourself to compare yourself against your your competitors, your fellow competitors. And so, by seeing these other videos, I think people would see the antics of Roland and say, "Oh, forget it. This this guy." He, he is crazy enough to do this, and he has no signs of, of slowing down or throwing in the towel or anything like that. So I, I think people would be intimidated, and uh, it would definitely help Roland's case.
0: Maybe everyone except for Keith. I feel like Keith and Roland would live out there for a couple of years
1: <laughs> battling each other out. True. Yep, I could see that. I could see that. All right, let's, let's get to the next section of uh, the episode. Three turning points. These could be uh, incidents that revealed uh, insights into our characters or maybe crucial moments of the show where uh, you realize something about, about these contestants.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, if you don't mind me starting this off, um, one of the major turning points I felt, one of the three I marked down, is Joe and his lack of a bow. I think it's honestly gonna start to catch up with him. It's becoming more apparent every episode that like his inability to hunt with a tried and true weapon is gonna come back to get him. Like he, he's not eating food. Um, he's trying to fashion hooks out of branches he just finds on the ground to get squirrels and holes. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, was, I I'm just not sure if his trapping and fishing ability is going to allow him to succeed as other contestants who we've seen frequently use the bow.
1: Yeah. I almost feel there's, there's kind of a game of Thrones quality to this, to this, uh, show because winter is coming. It's going to start snowing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the ground cover, the berries, the, the plants, uh, once that snow falls, that, that stuff's going to be gone. You, you're going to have to find some way to bring in the food and and keep your calorie intake going. And I think you're right. I mean, his lack of a bow may, may end
0: up biting him in the butt. Think about it. If you're allowed to bring a bow and arrows, right? I mean, that is like a properly professionally fashioned weapon in comparison to something you can make out there with your own hands. It's certainly not very comparable like whatever weapon he's going to fashion whether it's a spear or like a, a knife rock like I, I don't even know what he would do but he doesn't he, he doesn't have something he can rely on
1: right yeah why <laughs> yeah why why make a weapon why have to rely on making a weapon <laughs> when you could have brought one from the beginning
0: yeah i feel like you could have substituted that those two items for whatever else he brought i don't I don't know, unless those other two things you brought were a wish and, and then a wish for more wishes. I don't know what, yeah. what would have been more useful than a bow and arrow.
1: Yeah, my my uh, first crucial moment, turning point, what we talked about a little bit at the beginning, uh, Keelan left her bow at camp when she went on her, what she referred to as her fish, mich, her fish mission. and She left her bow, and she, that, that caused her to miss out on an attempt at a moose. A lot of meat there. I'm feeling that, that could also be a game changer. She's not doing too well fishing. She's doing okay with the rabbits and her snares, but I think she's also going to have to find a way to stock up on food before, before winter comes, and that was a, a prime opportunity. How many, how many more times are you going to get a chance to have a moose within 20 yards of you?
0: Yeah, that's, I think that was a major turning point because if she hunts that moose and kills it, it is huge for morale because she's at like a breaking point. And now that she didn't get it, it's like, it's like uh, kind of representative of the end of the world, you know? Like she's running out of options here.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right. Was that one of your turning points as well?
0: No, it wasn't.
1: Okay. Well, what's your second one?
0: Our friend Joel and his food storage. Um, I feel like that's going to come in handy, obviously, with keeping your food safe. It looks like um, it's working. You know, I'm not a professional. And, and, bushcraft or food storage of that nature. But you know, it looks like it's going to help him out a lot. So now all he has to do is catch food.
1: Okay. I have a different take on that. Cause I also have uh, the food cache as a turning point uh, or a crucial moment. But I put that, you know, Joel, after a strong start, this is, this is Timon by the way, Joel, uh, he falls from his lateral making the food cache, And so now I'm wondering, is he not as skilled as I initially thought he was? It seems like a silly, avoidable mistake. And so maybe I I gave him too much credit. I'm wondering if I gave him too much credit, you know, after my, after his impressive uh, background story that was presented.
0: Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It seemed like a one-off mistake. We'll see. Okay. All
1: right. Your third one.
0: My third one, our beloved friend, the thing, the rock house is built. I felt like that was a major turning point. 'Cause he was exerting about five hundred calories an hour building that thing, and now he's got probably one of the best setups, you know, like you've seen a lot of a lot of these episodes. How many people have had a rock house built like that? Like yeah. That? I, I'm just so impressed with Roland, with Roland's shelter.
1: So uh, he, he should be able to stay warm in there, right? Totally. Totally. I would think he's, so.
0: I think you the know, only thing the only thing he has to do that might take a little bit more energy is the chimney. He was talking about building.
1: That's what I was going to say. He's got to build a chimney, but he's going to get a fire going. And cause it's made out of rock. I mean, it's, it's not going to burn at least not yeah. the, not the walls.
0: It's insulated. I feel like he uh, did a good job with putting the moss in between um, the logs in mm-hmm. his roof. I feel like it's really insulated. Like that's a, a pretty well done structure.
1: Right. So if he stocks up on his hundred pounds of fireweed, and he builds his chimney, he stays warm. And if he doesn't make any mistakes and get hurt, I mean, what else does he need? He could stay out there all hundred days.
0: I know. I feel like he might, he could stay, if he has the right amount of food in there, not that he would want to, but I feel like he could just stay in Rock House for a long time without leaving.
1: Yeah. My third one was also about Roland, about the thing, but mine was, he was licking the squirrel blood off his fingers. i put down the next sentence there is, he's crazy. He's crazy. And I I said, not sure if he, if that's a strength or a shortcoming in this show. And I think we're going to find
0: out. You know what? I think it's a strength for Roland. I the way he started talking about his, uh, his mother who passed away. Also, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's kind of on a mission that other, other, other survivors out there may not have the same uh, intensity that he's bringing to the game.
1: Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's go on to our our next new section. It's called moments you may have missed. You know, I I watched this uh, twice trying to glean some, some, uh, some slick uh, moments that passed by pretty quickly. So I've, I've got three. Do you have, do you have three?
0: I have, I have a couple. Okay. The the first one. Well, hang on.
1: If you, if you only have a couple, let me go first. I'll go first. Okay. All right. So my first one is Keelan's female moose mating call. That was done pretty quick. And I, I, at first you think it's kind of a cry of agony that she's, she's lamenting the fact that she forgot her bow back at camp. But no, that was a deliberate attempt at a, a female moose mating call uh, to try and get that male moose to, to turn back. And it did just for a second, like you said. But I thought that was, that was pretty good thinking on her, on her, on her part. Uh, but you're right. What if that moose had gotten out and then approached her? What would she have done? That'd have
0: been interesting. Yeah, that was a that was a moment our viewers may have missed. It was brief. Um, my moment that a lot of people might have missed, but I will encourage you to go back and watch it cuz it's extremely impressive. Joel's squirrel catch out of the tree. After he shot the squirrel,
1: Joel or Keith?
0: Oh, Keith, Keith. Sorry, Keith. Yes. What how impressive was that? That was a He shot that thing high up there and he just stuck his hand out (laughs) up and he grabbed that squirrel out of the sky.
1: That is my second moment. I put the same thing. And it looked like he used uh, an arrow without a tip. So it was like a blunt force arrow because the arrow didn't stick into the squirrel.
0: No, you're right. You're right.
1: Yeah. And next thing you know, he is standing underneath the tree and here here comes the squirrel falling out of the tree. He just grabbed it in one hand. It was was pretty impressive.
0: That guy. That guy, that guy tracked it down like a a, a fly ball out of Dodger Stadium. That was impressive. <laughs> he went over
1: the his, he went over the wall for that one. That was good. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have another one. You go ahead. Okay, so mine actually comes from the Do- Colby Donaldson after show. Uh, I was watching that a little bit, and if you if you if you look carefully. Uh, Keith is not wearing a necklace, or he doesn't have his, his hair braided a certain way. That is a long stretch of stitches down his neck.
0: What? How yeah. did I miss that? Okay. Yeah,
1: down the, side, down the side of his neck. It looked like a nasty injury. I don't know if it was stitches or staples, but it was pretty, it was pretty gruesome. And so I'm wondering, did that happen during the show? What, what, what happened exactly? And they didn't, they didn't talk about it. They didn't mention it. So I'm thinking because they didn't mention it, maybe, maybe they're they're not wanting to give anything away that that happened in the show. So maybe there's something coming up uh, this season on Alone that uh, looks like it was pretty pretty
0: gory. Yeah, well, I need to go back and watch that now. So it was on the live show. Yes, where he had the scar. So right. something happened to him.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: He's also a diesel mechanic, though. So I don't know if maybe there was some uh, a machinery accident that maybe wasn't on the show. Could be.
1: It could be completely unrelated to the show, but I thought it was interesting that they showed it and it was clearly visible and was not discussed at all.
0: Yeah. Um, another, another moment I think our viewers may have missed, and maybe they didn't, and I just found this particularly interesting. Um, I believe now... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Roland who was talking about the color of the squirrel skin.
1: Yes. Yep, you're right.
0: And how the, the blue is the cold, or the white skin means it's getting cold, and the blue is warm, and how the squirrel's pretty much whole outer coat was white. So kind of just also building on the Game of Thrones theme of winter is coming. It looks like the animals are kind of getting ready to... Getting ready to hibernate or get out of the way, stay warm. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that's a that's a good uh, moment you may have missed. Also, it kind of also reflects that this show is pretty gruesome. I mean, you, I don't know any other shows where they're they're skinning squirrels and uh, playing with little intestines and and uh, showing off the the fat content of the skins. It was it's it's pretty. It's right there in your face.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, Keith was skinning that squirrel and just pulled the gut out and the intestines. He's like, oh, that's ready right for the pot right there.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting getting to the part here where we talk about the top achiever. So I've got top achiever and I've also got who's driving the struggle bus. So who do you you have as your your top achiever uh, at this point?
0: As much as I've bragged about Roland so far this episode, I think my top achiever right now is Keith. Uh, I don't know. I like what Keith has got going on. Um, it seems like it's going to take a lot for him to panic. Uh, I think he's got a lot of mechanisms in place right now with his traps, his fishing lines, his shelter, his mentality, uh, even little things like his, his sign pointing towards Kentucky. It seems like he's really getting situated for a long, long time out there. So I think Keith is the top achiever of this episode.
1: That's a good take. Interesting take. I have Amos as my top achiever, and really? so yeah, Amos. He, just like just like last episode, he didn't get a lot of screen time, but what we saw was pretty impressive. I thought, you know, he's out there. He is very centered. He is one with nature. He's doing some yoga out there. He's he's uh, he's thanking nature and apologizing for all the damage that mankind's done, and he is really in tune with his surroundings. And the whole reason this episode was titled was titled that was not a bunny. Is that the name of the episode? Uh, so yeah, that, that was that was no bunny. Is because he's he's in there and he's listening and he's hearing noises out there and realizes there is a predator uh, out there and he's out there looking for it. Uh, so I just, I feel like he is really centered. He's got the right mindset. I think he's got the right skills uh, and he's he's doing well. So well.
0: yeah, Yogi also had a a great quote out of context. He he says. <laughs> Thank God he didn't find my stash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a funny quote. Yogi, just if we're going to play devil's advocate here with uh, kind of spoilers based off what the producers are showing us and whatnot, uh, not showing Yogi a whole lot, uh, not a lot of screen time. And I think that's also because he's probably going to be around for a while.
1: Yeah. That's my guess too. Yeah. All right, who's driving the struggle bus?
0: It's a toss-up between two people I've already lamented this episode. It's uh, Keelan and Joe. I don't know who's worse right now, but they both seem desperately hungry. Morale is extremely low. Um, I don't know. I just feel like whereas a lot of players made steps in the right direction, they didn't make any steps or even regressed a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I have, uh, the the driver of the struggle bus for me was Joe. You know, after an impressive start of getting that squirrel uh, and chasing away the bear and just having a a good overall perception of, you know, what's out there to eat, what's available, his knowledge of the plants. uh, He was really impressive the first week, but I saw a serious decline in his performance this week. He hasn't gotten very far in the shelter. He's got some great carpentry skills, but hasn't made much progress and he is struggling on the food issue, so.
0: Yeah, I know that he was saying to kind of lose himself in some activities like those dovetails, architecture and stuff, but at some point, you got to think, what is the quickest way for me to get the best shelter up? And I don't think that he's really satisfying that need, you know, because it seemed like Roland fashioned that rock house pretty quickly. Uh, Mark from episodes one and two built his shelter fairly quickly pretty sturdy at the same time you know I feel like Joe is really it's not like he's trying to impress the viewers or something with his his skills but I don't know I feel like he's not being practical
1: yeah and I think that's why I have uh Joe driving the struggle bus and not Keelan because Keelan has a shelter she has a she has a good shelter up yeah she's she's situated in that fashion Uh, she is struggling on the food issue but she at least she's got her shelter up
0: Yeah, definitely. She just needs food.
1: Yep. All right. That brings us to our final segment of the episode, power rankings. So we're going to include all eight remaining contestants in this, including the the couple that we did not see this week. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Hmm. So at number one, as all power rankings go, you have to beat the best to be the best. Um, and I think as of right now, we haven't, seen, uh, we haven't seen Mark regress. And so I'm keeping Mark at number one in my power rankings. Okay. So uh, uh, Mark is a military man. Um, we've watched him before. He's a great start. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get back to him in episode four. Okay. So I'm keeping Mark at number one. Number two, new contestant, Keith. I put Keith number two in the power rankings. I've already bragged about Keith a lot as being the top achiever for this episode. I think his, uh, his strategies with the bank lines and, uh, and his skills with the bow and arrow, he's already got a, a, a solid shelter up. up. Uh, I think he's set up for success. His demeanor, it, it reeks of success. Okay. Number three, another newcomer, Joel despite Joel's mishaps with the ladder uh, and making his food storage. Uh, I, I like his attitude. I like, I like him talking to the musk ox, although it might be weird to some people, but I think it's a, I think it's a survival strategy in itself. It's about mental survival. You know, he's, he's having fun out there. It looks like he's really having fun. And at the same time, he's not running into the issues we see Joe having with, you know, having fun but not having anything else done it looks like joel's having both you know he's got his shelter he's got his food he's catching food um he's already into the stage of food storage i feel like that's a an important part of the survival aspect that you may not think about at first but once you have food you need a safe place to store it. it's not like you can just go put it in the fridge right okay good point number four roland So as you recall, Roland was low on our power rankings last episode. I think it's because we saw him exert a lot of energy um, and not really put anything back in. Uh, But a combination of his shelter being 98% of the way done um, and, you know, his fireweed diet, (laughs) it makes me feel a little bit better that this is, we're going to start to see the returns that really shoot uh, Nolan, Roland back up, maybe into like the top two spots, you know, because I think we were a little concerned about his ability to put calories back in. Um, but I think we're really now going to get to see him do that. Okay. So, uh, and number five, rounding out the top five, this was close between it, it. This is interchangeable with Roland really, but Yogi, Amos, I put Amos at number five. Uh, we've talked about, you know, he's, he's pretty, pretty cool calm and collected out there really grateful for the opportunity uh he seems to be one with nature and you know still impressed by the fact that he actually did survive a civil war in the wilderness so he's he's been in worse situations and he's prevailed so
1: okay tough to say
0: we won't we won't see uh him deep in this show okay who are your Uh, bottom three bottom three is number six keelan Uh, she's she just needs food and she's doing a little bit better than number seven and eight, Joe and Callie. We still have not seen Joe or Callie put up a, a shelter worth much. Um, Callie was following wolves and Joe, <laughs> Joe's working on dovetails when he should really just be working on throwing something up and getting some food in his belly.
1: Yep. All right. Very interesting. I I, I appreciate uh, how you rank those folks. Uh, Our bottom three match. Exactly. Our top five are completely different. So this should be interesting. All right. So here, here, here are my power rankings. So I went number one, I went with Amos. uh, Oh wow. Like we, we didn't see a lot of him, but, um, he's got the right attitude. As I said, I think he's got the right skills and he is at the right location with the fish. He is just hauling in fish after fish after fish. And if, if the Predator doesn't find his stash, uh, he could be set up for a while. So I think, I think that attitude, the mental frame is so important in this game because we've seen so many people tap out because they could not handle being alone and just being by themselves. And I think Amos has the right mindset out there. So he, right now he's, he's at the top of the power rankings for me. Number two right. for me.
0: Go ahead. Haynes at number one, Haynes at number one. You know what? That's why I'm saying I was saying earlier, my top five are extremely tight. You know it, it's, they're all doing extremely well, and I think that they're going to push even though there's never been an alone contestant, make it to 100 days, I am pretty sold that we're going to get it this year.
1: And do you think it's gonna be one contestant or multiple contestants?
0: Oh, I don't know. If I were to put my money on three it's between uh, Roland, Keith, and Amos. I think that those three are, are, are in it for the long haul. I think it's a combination of age. I think, it, I think age definitely has a factor in this because for me with guys like Mark and Joel um, and even Joe and Keelan too and Callie, when I see younger people on the show, I know speaking from experience, when I get out there and I don't have self-service or I get out there and I'm not around other people, I'm a lot more angst and anxious to get back Um, instead of somebody, you know, you can testify to this like yourself when you have a lot more to run away from than to (laughs) run back to maybe. So
1: you're, you're an ageist. That's what you are.
0: Yeah, I guess. Call me what, call me whatever it is.
1: All right. Back to my power rankings before I was so rudely interrupted. So Amos was first. He's number one. Number two for me is Roland. Uh, wow, I have, Roland. I have, yeah, Roland. He, he is tough. He is relentless. And he just might be crazy enough to be out there 100 days. And he is not afraid to subsist on fireweed root for, for that length of time as well. So he, he's up there. He's got that house completed. So that's, yeah. that's number two. Number three for me was Mark. We didn't see him this week. But uh, I still like that Chasing the Bear Mindset making sure that bear knows that you're not, you're not food, you're, you're a allowed obnoxious thing to be avoided. So kind of setting the boundaries there is, 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 is kind of carried over into uh, these power rankings, even though we didn't see him this week. Number four, I've got Joel. His intro was strong, but I do have to point out he didn't know the difference between musk ox and bear scat. So, and he also took the fall from that ladder. So, you know, he started off strong, but now (laughs) the doubt is starting to creep in.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, Number five for me was Keith. Seems to have the skills in the background. Didn't see too much of him this episode, uh, but he did catch that squirrel before it hit the ground. And that shows some some skills right there. So i give him some points for that. And then, then of course, six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, and eight okay. were, were Keelan, Joe, and Callie. So.
0: You know what? I can't tell, and maybe I'm just rusty on my uh, knowledge of the dynamics of the show, but I feel like out of those bottom three, it would not surprise me to see one of them in the upcoming episodes just completely flip a switch and turn it around. You know, I feel like there has to be kind of an, uh, a comeback or underdog uh, story to this season, you know even though you think the the natural world doesn't really care about your storylines, I feel like there's something about like about that grit and being out there where they 're not going to give up, and I feel like that attitude is going to prove successful for someone in those bottom three
1: yeah, I am prepared to be surprised i'm waiting for it yeah all right, so that's it that's what we have for this week. Uh, sorry, it took us so long to get it out, but We were out having fun on the trail and uh, want to make sure we got this out before this week's episode airs tomorrow night. So uh, I'm going to release this pretty soon and then we'll, we'll get on the, the episode four of the, of the show, which will be episode three for our podcast, but we'll get that out this weekend. So.
0: Yep. Sounds good. I'm excited to watch tomorrow night.
1: Any final thoughts for this episode?
0: Parting words. I think I had something to say about the sneak peek for next week. Uh, we have – it looks like – I'm interested to see what Joel has in his ear.
1: Yes, that was interesting. He was kind of jumping around trying to get something out of his ear.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe Joel's going to get some vertigo. I don't know.
1: Jakku. Jakku put something in his ear.
0: <laughs> when he was sleeping. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, Hey, Do we we have a sign off? Do we have a a tagline that we we leave the show with? I don't think so. Should we come up with one? Let's come up with one.
0: I don't know. Okay. Technically something about alone. I feel like it has to have the word alone in it, right? We are the companion pod, so maybe it should be you're not alone. I don't know. (laughs) Is that too basic?
1: Okay. Hang on a second. Let's, let's pause. Let's pause just for a second. We're going to come back with a good top uh, tagline. Hang on. Okay. So the new tagline for the ending of the show, go ahead, Jukebox.
0: We're born alone. We live alone and we die alone. Orson Welles.
1: Very good. Doc and Jukebox out until next week. Mmm.